This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we are up against, together we can beat them. It's Ken Harbaugh with Against All Enemies on the Midas Touch Network. There's a new clip of the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, claiming to have been told by God that his speakership was not the result of democracy, but divine intervention. I talked to Dr. Amanda Weinstein about this. She grew up, as did I, in a deeply conservative Christian tradition where this kind of prophetic channeling wasn't unusual. What is unusual is that the most powerful Republican in the country openly claims a divine right to rule. Let that sink in. A man who is two heartbeats away from the presidency and who will likely be in charge of certifying the votes in the next presidential election says that not only does God speak to him directly, but that his position of power was not bestowed by a democratic process, but by divine ordination. Here's the clip. My conversation with Dr. Amanda Weinstein is right after. Okay, so I think you saw in that a lot of what I saw, a little background for our viewers. You and I both grew up in conservative Christian families, and that kind of uh, prophetic uh, experience is not that unusual. I mean, I remember that on Sundays, this channeling of, of prophecy and and voices from the Almighty. Uh, can we, Can we start there just to just to educate people that this in in that community in the Republican caucus today is kind of mainstream. Absolutely. I mean, you hear in the Bible about how the Lord speaks to Moses and that I remember growing up and I'm like, what kind of voice? Is it like in your head or is it like a speaker? Like, how do these voices, do you hear them? And that's still a question I have. How did, how did, how did these voices come to him? That's maybe some bigger concerns if you have voices speaking to you. It's the delusion of grandeur, though, that I think is is the real warning sign. Because when it comes to the the second in line for the presidency, feeling a divine right to rule, 
that he has anointed to to lead his people out of Egypt, um, that can lead to some some scary places. What's the saying? Like absolute power corrupts absolutely. We have so many examples of where power doesn't go well, even in research from like the Stanford prison experiments. It doesn't go well when people anoint themselves or put themselves over other people as if they are in charge of them. That is what we've also seen happen in the church. When people feel that they have that power over someone, that power uh, can corrupt and it can be used to abuse children, to abuse uh, marginalized communities, women, children. Uh, and it's not, it doesn't have a great thing. It's not, not great effects for humans when you have that kind of power or feel like you have that kind of power anointed from God. Mike Johnson has been described as a Christian nationalist. And I think about his description of America, not as a democracy, but as a biblical republic. I think about clips like this one and Hopefully, it begins to raise the alarm about the dangers of Christian nationalism. Oh, this has been, I think, our country's largest problem that's been overlooked for the most decades, is that the worry here is that it becomes militant. And if you look at the verbiage that they are using, it is increasingly more and more militant. The goal here is to use our military to create what they see as this Christian nation using the sword. And they are very clear that they want to use the sword. Like this should just scare the pants off of anyone who starts to hear what they really talk about. It is also fundamentally anti-democratic and that it places that divine calling uh, as the the highest virtue. And even if the majority of the people decide they want the country to look one way, if God or their interpretation of, of God's will conflicts with that, they are going to, they're going to choose that instead of the democratic will. The kings of England thought that they were anointed by God right? There is still the Church of England, which the king presides over, the former queen presides over. This it has very historical precedence over the types of government we had when kings and queens thought that they were somehow anointed by God. And our constitution made it pretty clear in the founding of our country, like, mm, maybe we don't want that. We would like to be a country that is ruled for the people and by the people, not by a king who thinks he's anointed by God. Can you talk about what is happening here in Ohio and the aftermath of issue one? Because I think it's it's almost a perfect encapsulation of, of this phenomenon where you have an overwhelming majority of voters say one thing, but leaders claiming a divine right choosing to undo the will of the people. Ohio made it very clear. The will of the people supported issue one, supported reproductive freedom, supported the idea that these decisions should be made by people and their doctors and their families and their own faith community, not by politicians who think that they are anointed by some higher power or some pretend higher morality to make these decisions for us. The people I made it very clear, both Republican and Democrat and independent. 
And since then, what we've seen is the Ohio GOP make it very clear that they don't care what we think. They are going to find ways to undermine what we want, to undermine how we have voted, to try and change the rules, change the laws of Ohio so that they can do everything they can to completely undo issue one. Thanks for watching, everyone. I am trying something new, a Patreon page. It's a way you can support the show and make sure we can keep bringing you this content. My hope is that we can continue to limit the amount of ads we run here and that we can also build a community around this effort to fight back against extremists and their enablers. Subscribers to the Patreon page will have access to exclusive and ad-free content and also early releases. Please consider helping us out. Go to patreon.com slash Ken Harbaugh or click on the link below. We're just getting started with this. So your support early on will make a huge difference in building real momentum. Thanks so much for helping out. There's another part of that clip of Mike Johnson that I find really striking, and it's who he chooses to uphold as leaders, role models within his caucus. When he says he, he will play Aaron to Jim Jordan's Moses or Steve Scalise's Moses, I think that gives it all away. It shows who this person looks up to, who embodies the virtues of, of leadership, and in this case, holiness. Uh, and it's, it's just really disturbing. I mean, Jim Jordan, similar to J.D. Vance, they are out there to be on Fox News they are out there to get attention and they do a great job of it, right? If that's what our politicians are supposed to do, like good on you, J.D. Vance and Jim Jordan, you are great at getting attention for making outlandish statements and making statements that really just inflame situations and divide our nation. Yeah, good job. You do that, right? But I think a lot of us hold our politicians to a higher level. We want to see politicians who can unite us, that can find the commonalities and enact policies that are actually good for most people. What most people in Ohio said is this is good for most of us, right? But that is not what they want to do, right? They are out there to be firebrands so that they can in part distract from what they're really trying to do, which is chip away democ at democracy bit by bit by bit. We are on the cusp of a monumental election year. 2024 is going to be the, the presidential election that may well decide the future of this country. And I'm just incredibly worried about the amount of power concentrated in the hands of someone like Mike Johnson, who has already indicated in, in more ways and one, just go back to that biblical republic quote, we're not a democracy, we're a biblical republic, that he is going to be guided not primarily by the constitution or the will of the people, but by these, by these voices in his head. Absolutely. You have a person who idolizes people who stoke anger, right? And at this point, if he believes that he has been anointed by God, it doesn't even matter if he believes the election results, right? Even if he believes he lost or whoever wins next presidential election, right? Even if he believes that the Republican did not get enough votes to win, but is still anointed by God, then you could see him do something like stoke the flames and stoke the anger in the name of God to completely overthrow our government. Well, that's the scariest part because that kind of zealotry 
it's it's really hard to negotiate with and it is in fundamental violation of the democratic compact which says that when you lose in a democracy you concede and you regroup and you try to make a more persuasive argument and you have a chance to win again but if you think that god is telling you that your position is right there's no moral case for for conceding and and that is what we're being set up for and i think that's what worries me the most absolutely so if you think conceding is denying your religion right evangelicals are very clear you do not deny god you do not deny your religion and if conceding in their minds is equivocated with denying god they won't concede where do you see evangelical churches headed in this country because part of me really wants to believe that this virulent strain of Christian nationalism is is like the last dying gasp of a of a power structure and that young people are rejecting it. Whenever I talk to young people, even those growing up in the church, the vast majority want nothing to do with the kind of Christian nationalist um, takeover that people like Mike Johnson seem to be engineering. Every day that I talk to our young people, I am filled with hope at hearing them be genuinely thoughtful and thinking critically, right? That's what our nation really needs. No matter where you're from, your background, if you can think critically about something, this is what we need in our young people, right? What worries me is when we have political leaders who are trying to take that away from our education system, right? When they're trying to ban books, to ban our real history, when they want one side taught, when they don't want our kids to think critically, then that worries me because then they could hear something outside of school and not think critically about it and just hop on board. I have been hearing more and more conservative commentators and Republican politicians lament the fact that the more educated people become, the less likely they are to vote Republican. I think they've got the the diagnosis right what's happening is indeed happening. They just are missing the point. And it's it's about critical thinking. It's about exposure to, to other people's ideas and, and ways of life. And I think our biggest hope lies in that. And the fact that young people in particular, the more exposed they become to other ideas, the more readily they reject the the reflexive, constraining Christian nationalism of people like Mike Johnson. And the more educated you are, the more exposed you are to different people and different ideas and different backgrounds and different experiences. And that is what they are afraid of, right? Because when you know your ideas can't hold water when they're put up against different ideas and different backgrounds and different people, right? These are probably not good ideas. And I think at some level, they kind of know they don't have great ideas, or at least they know they have unpopular ideas. So they need to do everything that they can for their followers not to have those conversations with other people, which means we also need to have those conversations and be willing to talk about these issues. I'm not afraid to talk about any issue or have any conversation because I think the ideas I have are pretty good. When you're afraid of exposing people to those ideas, which many people are exposed to those new ideas in college, right? That's when you know your ideas probably aren't that good. Yeah, which is why why one side is banning books and the other isn't. Uh, Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you again soon. Thanks, Ken. Always good to talk.